0: and answers. Science and biblical scriptures, do they complement each other or are they complete opposites? What does science say about the scriptures? And what do the scriptures tell us about science? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on the show, Pat will be sharing a study he recently did entitled Science and the Scriptures. He will go into details about how in reality these go hand in hand. Here with this exciting study is our host, Pat Zukran.
1: Always a privilege to be here in the Philippines and to speak with you. I've been looking at your webpage and seeing how many awards you keep winning in the science competitions here in the Philippines and throughout Asia. So congratulations on a job well done. And for that reason, I thought we'd speak on the subject of Christian faith and science. Are they enemies or are they allies? Throughout the West, and as you go on into your studies, you'll discover there's an underlying belief here that science and the scriptures are indeed at war, that Christianity and science are irreconcilable, and they are indeed enemies. One cannot be a serious student of science and take the scriptures seriously because they contradict one another. Well, is that indeed the case? Let's take a look. By the way, uh, our radio show, Evidence and Answers, this topic and a whole lot more, is on our website, evidenceandanswers.org. There are articles. You can listen to my interview with some of the top scholars in this area and more. And some of the debates I've had with some of the most popular atheists who are out there. And also, DZAS 7.02 a.m. Saturday and Sunday nights. We are on. Christian faith and science, are they enemies or are they allies? Well, in 1896, the president of Cornell University in New York, in the United States, Andrew Dixon White, published a book entitled A History of the Warfare of Science with Theology in Christendom. And what President White promoted is the idea that science and the Christian faith are incompatible and that indeed, they are indeed enemies. And this notion became very widespread during the 20th century, and the dominant view now in the West, even amongst Christians, came to be that science and Christianity are not allies in the search for truth, but indeed enemies. If one is going to be a serious student of science, then they cannot take the scriptures seriously. Is that indeed the case? Well, few realize that it is the Christian worldview that laid the foundation for the modern sciences. Look at the founders of the modern sciences in the areas that you study today. All these men were deeply committed to a belief in a personal God, a creator of the universe, who created and ordered and designed universe. The laws of nature and the design of the designer could be discovered and studied. So it is the Christian worldview that gave birth to the sciences. Look at these names. All these men, if you read their works, they were men deeply committed to God and the belief of an intelligent creator. For example, Johannes Kepler wrote this, May God make it come to pass that my delightful speculation have everywhere among reasonable men fully the effect which I strove to obtain in publication, namely that the belief in the creation of the world be fortified through this external support. What he was saying is that the discoveries he has made in his scientific field support the idea of an intelligent creator. Sir Isaac Newton, perhaps the greatest mathematical mind of modern times, wrote this and quotes like this are found throughout his writings and the writings of these men. He stated this, It is not to be conceived that mere mechanical causes could give birth to so many regular motions since the comets range over all parts of the heavens in very eccentric orbits. This most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. Quotes like these can be found in the works of Isaac Newton and the founders of the modern sciences. For centuries, Christianity and science were indeed allies and it's the Christian worldview that gave us the framework to understand and interpret the scientific discoveries and the data that we have. It's only in recent times. The world of science was hijacked by two non-scientists named Darwin and Huxley. And it has come under the naturalist or atheist worldview ever since. But Christianity and science have been allies for centuries. Do science and the scriptures conflict? Well, you need to understand that God reveals truth in two major ways. First, through special revelation, specific knowledge of God and salvation and a relationship with God, come through special revelation, His Son Jesus Christ and the Bible. God also revealed truth in what we call general revelation, His creation. Both are the handiwork of God and both having the same source and the same author, therefore, should complement one another. The study of creation, should be consistent and complement the study of special revelation. Truths that you discover in the sciences, in psychology, in medicine, in art, in philosophy, in literature, in sociology, truths that you discover should complement special revelation. For all truth is God's truth. And the things that we learn in the science actually complement and help and aid in our understanding of special revelation. Now for decades it has been promoted that the scriptures and science are incompatible and at war. A serious student of science cannot take the Bible seriously. Well do science and scripture conflict? Well understand the Bible is not a scientific book but when it speaks of the created order what it states is not contradictory, but indeed consistent with science. And it is the Bible and the Christian worldview that provides the framework to properly interpret and understand all that we study in the sciences. There are principles taught in the Bible that only recently science has indeed confirmed. For example, the universe displays intelligent design. Psalm 19 says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork day-to-day pours out speech and night-to-night reveals knowledge and what we have learned in scientific discovery from the telescope to the microscope is indeed evidence of intelligent design abound throughout the universe from the things we study in astrophysics to the things we study in microbiology they all are beginning to point compellingly to an intelligent designer. For example, the human brain. Many of you going into the medical field will study this in much more detail. But the human brain is an incredible machine. It's only about that big and about four pounds. Yet we have not been able to create a computer that can do what the human brain can do. It is an incredible machine if you saw a computer sitting out on the lawn, you would not assume it came by chance and natural forces. You would automatically assume an intelligent designer put it together. How much more the human brain. In fact, if we wrote out all the information that's in your brain in book form, we could stack, there would be 20 million volumes of books. In other words, we could stack the books from here to the moon. That's how complex and that's how much information is in your brain. This is astounded people in the medical field and in the science field. In fact, atheist Carl Sagan, we had to watch his videos growing up, but the atheist Carl Sagan said this, the brain is a very big place in a very small space. The neurochemistry of the brain is astonishingly busy. The circuitry of a machine, more wonderful than any devised by humans. That's how complex the human brain is. It's an incredible machine. You recognize him, Asimo, designed by some of the top engineers and scientists of Honda. Yet, with the billions of dollars we have spent on Asimo, he still cannot come close to doing what the human body does. Now, if you saw Asimo walking across your parking lot, you would not assume he came together by chance and natural forces. Well, how much more the human body, which is far more complex and With all the billions of dollars that we've spent on Osimo, with the most brilliant minds of our time, we still have not been able to create a robot that can do what the human body can do. In fact, the more we study, the more evidence is pointing to intelligent design. In microbiology, we have discovered that the nucleus of a cell is incredibly complex, as complex as the city of Shanghai. That's how complex just the nucleus of a cell is. So, from the telescope to the microscope, we're discovering intelligent design. Second, the universe has a beginning. Now, for nearly 200 years, the Darwinists taught that the universe was eternal. This allowed an infinite amount of time for chance and random combinations to occur, possibly allowing for the Darwinian evolutionary process to occur. However, recent discoveries have shown the universe is not eternal, but indeed the universe has a beginning. Modern scientific evidence confirms in a compelling way the universe is not eternal, but it has a beginning. Einstein's theory of relativity, the radiation afterglow, the red shift, the second law of thermodynamics and the running down of the universe all indicate the universe indeed has a beginning. We call this the Big Bang. The universe indeed has a beginning. Pretty much the entire scientific community now agrees the universe is not eternal, but it has a beginning. Stephen Hawking, who recently wrote a book against the existence of God, stated this. Almost everyone now believes that the universe and time itself had a beginning at the Big Bang. Einstein's theory of relativity Time, matter and energy all exploded into being at a moment in time, thus beginning the universe. Now, the fact that the universe has a beginning poses a huge problem for the atheists and the pantheists, those of the Eastern religions. For simply this, the law of causality. The law of causality is a very simple law. It's a universal law and it states this. Whatever has a beginning must have a cause. Whatever has a beginning must have a cause. A very simple law there. The universe has a beginning. Therefore you must answer the question, what is the cause of the universe? The fact that the universe has a beginning you must answer the question, what is the cause of the universe? And atheist scientists now are in a mad scramble to find the answer as to what is the cause of the universe and why the universe even exists. Remember, the law of cause and effect. Every effect has a cause, every cause has an effect, no effect is greater than its cause. Whatever caused the universe is greater than the universe. Whatever created time is greater than time. Whatever created this great universe is extremely intelligent and powerful. It fits the best candidate is the God of the Bible. It fits his characteristics well. For Christians, we've got no problem as to the cause of the universe. The most reasonable candidate is indeed the God of the Bible. The fact that the universe exploded into being, time, matter, and energy, all came into being at once, seems to point to the Genesis account. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Hebrew word therefore create is bara, out of nothing God created the universe. Seems to best explain the evidence we have recently discovered in science. We have other discoveries. Isaiah 42 teaches that the universe expanded. The redshift, the radiation afterglow all show that indeed the universe is indeed expanding. That the earth is round and it's spherical that's taught in Isaiah chapter 40. The Greeks believed that the earth was flat like a plate and it rested on a body of water. The Bible taught centuries ago that the earth is spherical and round. Job 26 teaches that the earth hangs in space all by itself. The Indian culture for centuries taught that the earth rests on the back of two giant turtles. The Greeks believed that the earth was flat like a plate and rested on a body of water, or the other popular belief is that the Earth was held up by a large man named Atlas. In the Bible taught for centuries that the Earth hangs all by itself in space. That the universe was custom made for human life. One of the hottest ideas out there now is called the anthropic principle. And you're going to learn that as you go on in your studies. But it appears the universe was custom made for life upon the Earth. The laws of the universe, the forces of the universe seems to have been precisely created and sit delicately on a razor's edge, that if you adjust the major forces of the universe just slightly, you cannot have the universe we have now and life now as we know it. For example, the force of gravity is at just the right strength. Therefore, it allows the universe to expand at just the precise rate needed. Any faster matter could not come together and we could not have the formation of stars, planets and galaxies as we have now. Any slower matter would clump, therefore we could not have the formation of stars and galaxies as we have now. The expansion rate of the universe cannot differ by more than 1 over 10 to the 60th power. It's 1 over 10 with 60 zeros behind it. If you just adjust the force of gravity just slightly, just that much, you could not have the universe and life on this planet, as we know. Our solar system allows for life on this planet. The sun is just the right size. What protects the Earth from the dangerous asteroids that could collide and destroy life upon the Earth? Well, we have a couple neighboring planets here that protect us from it. One is Jupiter, Jupiter is large enough that when dangerous asteroids come, its gravitational force pulls them out of the direction of the earth. Or, it is large enough to attract the asteroid and meteor itself right into the planet. And one of the things we know about Jupiter, it is a large gas ball, not a solid planet. Therefore, when these huge asteroids collide into Jupiter, Jupiter absorbs them like a catcher's mitt. It seems like these planets were placed there to allow for life upon this earth. The earth rotates at just the right speed allowing photosynthesis to occur. Any faster photosynthesis could not occur. Any slower one side would burn as the other side freezes. We've got one moon, not two moons, just the right size that balances the axial tilt of the planet and also has just the right gravitational pull on the earth for the tides that balance our ocean and allow life to continue in our oceans. The ozone layer is just the right thickness, 2% thicker, poison gases could not escape and we would die from the greenhouse effect. Any thinner, we would die from radiation poisoning. We're a planet that's inhabited by a large body of water at the right temperature that stabilizes uh, the temperature of the earth, on and on and on. In fact, we have discovered, when you look at the Milky Way, the Milky Way is designed like a large wheel, we are at the end of that wheel. And what's significant about that? Well, our position in the galaxy allows us to study into the far reaches of the universe. It seems like we're put here to study and discover God's creation and His universe. If we were any more in the center of that wheel, the stars would be too bright where we could not discover out into the far reaches of the universe. It appears that our universe is custom designed so that we could have life here upon this planet. That the sea has passed. We have recently discovered the hydraulic cycle discussed in Isaiah 55 and Ecclesiastes chapter one. And the last one that I will discuss here, the fossil record. What we have here puzzles evolutionists. What evolutionists were expecting was Darwin's tree of life. From a one-celled life form, you would have this tree of developing more and more complex life. However, what we have discovered has puzzled the evolutionists. We see that life just exploded onto the scene here upon Earth. This is called the Cambrian explosion. Now, for argument's sake, let's take the Darwinist dates here. Alright, let's just use their dates for the sake of argument. What we have discovered in the fossil record is this. For nearly 4.5 billion years there was really no activity upon the earth. When suddenly, boom, we have the Cambrian explosion that all the species suddenly appear in their full form upon the earth. That's what the Genesis record states that God created each according to its kind. And That the life forms have remained basically the same. Here's another way of looking at the Cambrian Explosion. For nearly four and a half billion years, there is very little going on the Earth when suddenly there's an explosion of life and all the species suddenly appear. Time Magazine writes this, New discoveries show that life as we know it began in an amazing biological frenzy that changed the planet almost overnight. Evolutionist Jeffrey Schwartz writes this, the major animal groups appear in the fossil record as Athena did from the head of Zeus, full-blown and raring to go. Well, this has puzzled evolutionists, yet the Bible gives us the right framework. Genesis 1 states, God created each according to their kind. So from all this, what are the life lessons that I want you to take away from this? Well, first, Understand that the Christian faith and science are not enemies, but indeed allies. Therefore, Christians should not fear studying the sciences, for all truth is God's truth. The truth that you discover in psychology, in sociology, in philosophy, in medicine, in biology, in literature, in art, all point to indeed an intelligent creator and are consistent with God's revelation. When scripture and science conflict don't discard the scriptures, indeed look for answers. And often there are answers to the apparent contradictions between science and the scriptures. And sometimes you just need to be patient and wait for the evidence to appear. For example, just a decade ago scientists were writing that there Is approximately 200 what's called junk DNA in the human body, useless DNA that's there that seem to argue against an intelligent designer. Well in the last 10 years we have discovered valuable uses for all of what appeared to be junk DNA. Finally, it is the Christian worldview that provides the best framework to understand and interpret what we discover in science and the scientific data. If the atheists are correct, the universe is a product of chance and we live in a universe with no purpose for our existence which will one day run out of energy and cease to exist and therefore we live in a universe with no meaning no significance and no hope in high school I didn't have the privilege of studying at a Christian school as you do I was taught the sciences from an atheist or naturalist worldview and I hated the sciences it was depressing I couldn't stand the sciences Discovering the laws of the universe all came together by random chance that there was no purpose for our existence here That we're just the products of chance and that ultimately as the universe expands It's going to run out of energy and the universe is going to die The only future we have If you're an atheist is your extinction and the extinction and annihilation of the universe How depressing can it be to study sciences from that worldview? However, but through the Christian worldview. As we study the sciences from the biblical Christian worldview framework, you discover something completely different. You come to very different conclusions. You discover the love, the genius, the creativity and the power of our Creator in a much deeper and meaningful way. In the sciences they are going to unravel the mind and the design of the designer. What an exciting way to study the sciences. I pray that your study of the sciences then will fill you each day with joy and wonder of the great God who created the universe to enjoy. God bless you as you study the
0: sciences. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.